Hello and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I'll be your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining me this week, panelists Michael Damiani. How's it going? Ben Moore. Pow! My 208 miles per hour co-moderator, Daniel Bloodworth. Hey, hey. Crushed it. We've got a hat sandwich over here. We've got a hat sandwich? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, I thought you said a half sandwich, and I was like, (laughs) blood? Oh, we got a full sandwich. And the meat. Making it all happen in the control room. Isla Hank. I went to a restaurant called Tartine and ordered a turkey club, and they Mm. gave me what turned out to be a double closed-faced tartine, because it was just a sandwich. Okay. (laughs) And I was like, why'd you call this place Tartine? Anyway, hi. Hi. Distinguished guests, we're here to talk about some of the biggest headlines in the world of video games. But before we do that, we first have to answer for all the mistakes we made last week. Isla, begin corrections music, please. Some clarification, some nerdy clarification around, quote, detecting invisible objects from Umbra, because we talked about middleware services. Umbra is a middleware for geometry culling. It detects what geometry is visible from the camera so that the 3D engine doesn't have to render stuff that is either outside of the camera view or hidden behind other geometry. So not wrong, just more specific. Culling uh, is very important. Cool. Is it the Canto Rapidash or the Galarian Rapidash? I'd imagine the Canto Rapidash, <laughs> oh. right? <laughs> when you're asking about the horse. I would imagine Canto. <laughs> I would. Rapidash has yeah. taken over for uh, Gandalf's horse. We're not, and, uh, we're not all that familiar with the Galarian Rapidash. Right, yeah, I figured. So. Long shadow facts. Uh, God damn it. And this oh, one's that, <laughs> was, that was a thing. Did you get that? Did I get what? Shadow facts. Yeah. People took, t- people took issue with saying Gandalf's horse. Right. <laughs> Oh boy! Why? I'm sorry, because Shadow Facts is like an ancient entity of its own right. Well, because that's it has a name. And right. It, it comes from a very strong lineage and all that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did we not actually ever say Shadow Facts? Right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we just know it so well. We just thought we did. Right. Yeah, yeah it goes without saying. Shadow Facts. And the sponsor section had the wrong products listed at the bottom. That one is totally on me. Although first time I believe I've done that. Okay. Even not since moderating, since cutting these guys' parts. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many times I put those wrong text in there. Always looking for new ways to mess up this job. And corrections music, please. Damn it. Uh, boop. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking. I was like, thinking about how like we're I gonna can't have hear to myself do. Think. We're gonna have to do make goods and stuff because of that. The corrections music. Um, we. I'm gonna have to do those make goods. All right. We all have to sit through them. It's true. <laughs> Speaking of casting things in movies, Rapidash doing work, we have two other roles that we need to fill this week from movies that are in trouble. This first one hasn't been made yet. This is actually one, we, you know, sometimes we just adjust history. Okay. We actually need to step in right now because Jurassic World Dominion is in trouble. <laughs> Chris Pratt has left due to creative differences <laughs> or just being booked this, and everything this else. This is not a completely unbelievable yeah. headline, right? by the way. He's, right? He's too busy being Garfield and genders. Mario. Please tell me Mario. Please tell me Mario. Now we'd make it all the way to the end. We're going to fill in potentially with three people. One, Regina. Anyone? Regina? Yeah, that Which sounds super Regina? familiar. Regina? Regina and dinosaurs. Oh. oh Dino, uh, Dino Crisis, of yes. course. Yeah. Regina, Turok, okay. uh-huh. or Mario. It's absolutely that, that is like, yeah. Come on. That's good. <laughs> there we go. Just got to throw the hat and solve. He's going he's gonna to fix a whole Dominion problem real Regina quick. Regina would be great, but yeah. From Scott Regina would be great easy, in yeah. a brand new Dino Crisis game, which you should totally make happen. Here, here. <laughs> uh, from Scotty the Wonder Dog, Alice Krieg, shout out, was set to play the role of the Borg Queen in Star oh. Trek First Contact, mm. but had to drop out for undisclosed reasons. Borg. Are we replacing her? 
with Sarah Kerrigan from StarCraft, Ooh. GLaDOS from Portal, <laughs> or Mother Brain from Metroid. I just want to see GLaDOS's interactions with like Data. It's like <laughs> control monster and Data like you can't handle it. It's like so matter of fact. It's like I don't understand your query. He's like you, like this GLaDOS going off. It's like that'd be great. So the thing about the Borg is they're very emotionalist. Like right. they're they're this collective, and what makes them so terrifying is like how cold they are. And I think of Kerrigan, and she's really filled with vengeance and anger, and like a lot of emotion is driving her goals. And so I think out of those three, I think Mother Brain would make the most sense. Maybe not necessarily the best choice, but yeah. I think would make the most sense. But that's what was freaky about the Borg Queen is yeah. that she was an embodiment and and a singular, and they hadn't done that before. So it is interesting that it's like one person. She's also like a little sexy, so I like Mother Brain coming yeah. on to Data. It's good. Yeah, Mother Brain kind of winking at Picard. I'd watch that. <laughs> She's very manipulative, so right. yeah. Lock it in. As far as gaming news is concerned, we have some interesting announcements, some interesting press tactics. Um, some games that we found out about, some big things happening right now with games, uh, some some rights movements and stuff like that. And I'm curious how you we all like feel. In Mark terms Hamill of... talking about SteamWorld? Mark ha- did Mark Hamill talk about SteamWorld? Yeah, I know Mark Hamill did. did, uh, did oh, that's right, because he did that event. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> and he also announced some other games. I'm seeing Mark Hamill's name hey. attached to multiple games. Mark Hamill can announce all the games he wants. This is the Thunderful Showcase. Uh, shout out to Togs and White Shadows and Gunk, which are also at the event. But SteamWorld Headhunter was primarily the thing, I think, from this event that, that stood was out. The, yeah, the new announcement, yeah. Um, well, not only a, a new announcement of a new new game, but here, here, this is a company and a podcast that likes the SteamWorld franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a franchise that every time it shows up does something that we were not expecting, does something, even SteamWorld Dig 2 was, I felt, uh, you know, uh, different enough from SteamWorld Dig 1. Yeah, it's uh, a very different game, yeah. Knowing how much this developer likes to strike out and do unusual things, was this on par for them, or was this still unusual based on what we've seen so far of Headhunter, which is very little? Um, yeah, well, I think just bringing that into 3D, you know, is going to be—it's going to be interesting to see. Like Gunk, I think has some kind of Steamworld connection. It feels like. Um, but this one, I think they—I think they even said it's like right after the events of two. So it's yeah, it's going to be very the earth-shattering events yeah. of SteamWorld Dig Two. And indeed, you actually play as the head, right? Like that—that's kind of the thing they showed. Like the little head has like a little spider legs on the bottom of it. So that was my assumption. Yeah, there's a duel. You are beheaded, or one character is, and then comes back later as the head. Yeah. So I'm very curious, like what kind of mechanics that's going to, you know, in- involve. Ben, a it's a stylized and colorful 3D person, third sorry, third person co-op action adventure. Co-op, I thought it was co-op. Yeah, and this has definitely happened before in fighting games. I see this happen sometimes where like they'll go from 2D to 3D, and I can see a lot of fans, but people are familiar with the style. They're just like, oh no, like mm-hmm. please never do this. Just retain the style. Uh, is it is it common to be nervous about a developer that's only done 2D stuff branching out into a whole other dimension? No, um, I think. You know, as you alluded to before, this developer does, I think, something that we criticize a lot of other franchises for not doing, which is really, truly trying something new. Um, and I have endless respect for that. And, you know, I like SteamWorld Dig 1, especially SteamWorld Dig 2 so much that, like, 
I am at the very least interested no matter what. But kind of the opposite side of that is sometimes when you strike out, because you are so different, because you are so diverse, sometimes it just doesn't always resonate in the same way, um, like the SteamWorld Quest. I was like, oh, this is really cool, and I love RPGs, and then I played it, and I was like, I don't want to play any more of this. And it wasn't like I, I hated it or I thought it was terrible. Right. It just didn't resonate with me in the same way. Yeah, um, I had the same kind of feeling where like I wanted to play that game, but yeah. it sort of bounced off of it. The pace of that was a little slow. Yeah. yeah. And this is co-op action adventure. It just seems so different from a lot of the other stuff that they do. I wonder mm-hmm. if this is where the SteamWorld franchise kind of naturally moved for them, or if this was always in the back of their mind, you know, that like we we know we can do this, it would be fun to do this. Yeah. Um, well, and then like what what is the twist with the head popping off? Because I feel like to me it feels like you're gonna plug that head into all kinds of different things. You sure. know, it's like I'm you're gonna, gonna go over. Yeah, you're gonna pop off and you're gonna like drive a bulldozer, you're going to pop off, you're going to drive some mechanical dinosaur, you're going to pop off, you're, you know, whatever it might be there. So Yeah, that would be cool. I was thinking maybe because, like, it could, the co-op part of it, like, maybe someone controls the body while the head detaches and right. you go do, like, separate things like that. But your thing sounds probably more plausible that it's just you're taking control of different bodies, which could be really cool. This is all making me think of the completely forgotten, and rightfully so, never dead. <laughs> right. Yeah, rolling around with that head was not fun. No, no, it was not. <laughs> and we don't necessarily know. I don't know if they specifically said this that like we are that robot. We might be a robot. It might be oh, somebody yeah. that we're. Well, they said head popping to... twist, so I'm guessing that's sure. Yeah, but if we're co-op, maybe we're two. You know, we're b- both right. robots that function this way. I don't know if there's. Gonna they be don't customization. say how many it'd be players. crazy if it'd, it'd be crazy if one player was the head and the other player was the body and you have to like negotiate yeah that. like double dash yeah, yeah. <laughs> something that I I'm not sure is the best move is I feel like with both this and gunk I'm interested because of the legacy behind it but like they I feel like they've shown so little that it's hard for me to really grasp, like, okay, what is this? What am I going to be doing? You know, and, and it just, I have all these questions. Like, I'm excited for Gunk. The very little yeah. that I've seen looks cool, but they've been really reserved, I feel like, in right. what's actually been presented. Well, that is the thing. Even with the release here, I didn't watch the full presentation, but when they sent the email, I clicked on the gameplay trailer. I'm like, wait, this gameplay trailer is from August. Did you not show new gameplay? Like, I'm not... I haven't dug into it to find out, but it... Yeah, I haven't... Was, I, to be fair, I haven't dug into it either. But, but the release date was the big announcement, and so it's December 16th on Game Pass. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a fun... That'll be a fun game to play over the, the break. Do we think... We're going to talk about this later in the podcast. Do we think that this might be... Disco- you know, SteamWorld might discover a whole new audience because it is something, you know, third-person action, something that would be, you know, generally can potentially be more successful than your 2D indie platformer? I think so. Uh, I think it'll just, it's really just going to depend on how much they can get it in front of people and, you know, like Ben was saying, like how much they can market mm-hmm. both of these games. You know, I think Game Pass is a huge win for them. Absolutely. You know, they don't have a lot of other resources to lean on, but Game Pass kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, I to the point where I feel like if you can kind of be the gem of Game Pass for that month, that brings you a lot of attention and kind of uh, cachet. And so 
it, unfortunately, that will be Halo Infinite. But right. <laughs> but at the same time, right. that's, that's true. Also, right before like the holidays, and I feel like especially the previous SteamWorld games have done like for me. That's how like I discovered a few of them was like over. I just want something like quick and easy right. to play, yeah. and it's like. Indie games generally like seem to do well for those like those plane trips for you just like mm-hmm. home. You bring your Switch with you. You just want to play it on something portable. So I would not discount that. Probably that despite there being some heavy hitters coming out in the beginning of December, yeah. it might still do well. You can play it on your phone via XCloud on the plane. I guess the no, not on the plane. Probably not. Probably not. I guess you'd have to be on the Wi-Fi, maybe. Well, okay. I don't know if anybody else. I don't imagine playing Wi-Fi being fast enough to play XCloud. I don't know if anybody else has had this problem, and it's admittedly it's been a while since I've done it. But I've paid for Wi-Fi on a flight like multiple times, and it's not worked multiple times. Right? Yeah, no, it's not. It just doesn't. It's like it's like better Wi-Fi in a hotel, and like what am I? Or better internet in a hotel? Like what are you? Oh. There have been so many times. I mean, it's been a couple of years now since I've you know haven't really been traveling. To where I just gave up on the hotel internet and used my phone as a hotspot mm. because it was that. that much faster. I've had some really good hotel internet experiences, and like two years ago, I was like, "Oh wow, this is some places are getting better." Cherish those, yeah, cherish. Yeah, exactly. So many of them just don't. Care. Right, right, yeah. right. To uh, to wrap up on Thunderful, this is a, a dev that just always seems like they're doing what they want to do. Like like Quest, mm. I also bounced off of, um, right. but uh, they well, just they, well. Uh, Image and Form is just a part of Thunderful, so they have a lot of other things that they do. Uh, Wavetail, I thought, also looked interesting. That Mm -hmm. shadow dropped on uh, Stadia, Um, and yeah, like kind of zipping around. It's like almost it it kind you know it kind of gives me um, Wind Waker esque vibes because it's like it's an adventure, but you're also kind of like skirting along the waves and all of this kind of thing, and uh, yeah. I, I, I'm curious to see how that one that one goes. Is that gonna be next year? Or have they put a date on that? No, it's, it's shadow dropped. Oh, it's shadow dropped. Yeah, it's it's on Stadia right now. We I could play it on my laptop right now. I <laughs> play it during the podcast. <laughs> um, I just hope that this is something that they want to do. That this is not you know pressure or something. That this is not them kind of like growing up as a studio. I don't get that thought. Yeah, I just saw the yeah. CG trailer. I was like, mm. oh, okay. Like I'm not. Yeah, every time I've talked to Image Inform, they they seem like they've always been very like, we do the stuff we want to do, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but we'll have another one next year, it'll be fine. Yeah. You know who else does what they want to do? Ride games. <laughs> do they? Yeah, we could I take... I feel like I've been waiting on t- their fighting game for <laughs> 35 years. Well, there's a lot of things to wait on. Yeah, there's a lot of projects going on uh, over at Ride. Specifically, I want to talk about... Um, the League of Legends universe and just kind of what League of Legends is doing right now because there were a lot of announcements. I was like, oh, I want to talk about that one League thing. And then I was like pursuing that and that took me to another League thing and that took me to something else. And all of this is like just going down in the last week. Um, you know, we, we talk about Riot every now and then on the podcast. We talk about League. I know that's a game that like we, we've played recently, you know, mm-hmm. for <laughs> fundraising and, and marathon purposes. <laughs> we played very badly recently. Yes. yes. Um, but... It is a absolutely massive game, and so it's something. Fortnite is massive in the same way in terms of like how much energy they do, how much style they have, how much people they have, you know, creating new outfits and, and new you know microtransaction stuff. But I play Fortnite, and a lot of us play, you know, have played Fortnite internally here at, at Easy Allies. Whereas League of Legends is not something that comes up in the conversation. So I want to check with some of the big things that they're doing right now. Bounce them off this crew in terms of like 
how League of Legends operates, who specifically they're making this stuff for, and what we think about this stuff, along with the fighting game that's taking forever. Uh, to this week, Riot and Choice Provisions, which made BitTrip, Bit.Trip? I just say BitTrip. Bit bit yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So we know BitTrip. Yes. Mm-hmm. We like BitTrip. BitTrip Runner, much. there's like 800 of them. Yeah, yeah. Got it. They're good games. They're, they are good games. Again, just outclassing me with all the mobile stuff. Uh, announced Hextech Mayhem, a League of Legends story. Uh, this stars Ziggs. Ziggs fans? Anybody? I've heard that name Ziggs. before, I feel like. He is the champion who has Hexplosives. Oh, okay. certainly had a League of Legends phase so a he long is, time ago. He is bomb jumping around here. My League of Legends phase lasted the night that Brent Phillips <laughs> showed me League of Legends. And I was like, cool. Um, this is coming to Switch and PC on November 16th. Uh, this will be followed by a version for Netflix's mobile game service, quote-unquote, soon. So Netflix <laughs> did say that this is something, obviously... Uh, as I will mention, for other reasons, right, and uh, Netflix are investing. Yep. There are other games published, along with what Ben mentioned, other the Riot, uh, under the label Riot Forge, which they've talked about earlier, including Ruined King, a League of Legends story from Airship Syndicate, that we made Battle Chasers Night War. Uh, Riot plans to showcase its Riot Forge lineup during a video presentation on Tuesday, November 16th at 8 a.m. So, Ben, you are, what is it about the fighting game that intrigues you other than it being potentially a cool fighting game. Like, like give all fighting games a shot because any one of them might be good. Right. The potential with the right fighting game is twofold. So one is how they present it mechanically, right? So it's like, how are they going to make it, you know, a notoriously inaccessible genre? What is going to be their path to make it more accessible? And then you also have, you know, League of Legends is gargantuan, right? So you have a niche genre that is now being exposed to a very popular, very mainstream, very big audience. Is there going to be any carryover uh, from that audience into this new thing? I was going to say, I mean, that, that's a good point, Ben, because I, like, it feels like fighting games, a lot of fighting games do such a good job of making them look cool. But right. it's like breaking out beyond just the, the fighting game demographic, essentially. Right. And... Right, having such a big IP, it's like the only other one I can point to that has so much success. I mean, yes, like there's big ones like Street Fighter, but like Super Smash Bros. dwarfs those things. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. how do you like how who can can you be as big as Smash or even bigger than Smash just in terms of popularity? Sure, like just reach, and I think that's yeah. maybe what Riot Riot's hoping to go for because you know they just don't want to like have just a good fighting game it seems like every action they're doing with these announcements is like we need to expand this we're trying to reach as many people and just be bigger because we already have league of legends which is huge but we need we need more and and it's also just purely like monetary investment like even a guilty gear strive which for guilty gear absolutely phenomenal success uh reached a ton of people um, has done so many great things. I mean, the amount of resources that they have compared to a Riot Games that just makes a K-pop video just because that goes super <laughs> viral, right? Where, like, I feel like they can just do things and market it and bring awareness to it in a way that a lot of fighting game companies don't have the bandwidth to do. Yeah, and with the resources thing, I'm really curious. So, I'm not the biggest fighting game fan in terms of playing fighting games, but I do mm-hmm. like watching them, and I'm oh, very yeah. curious about how they turn out. And one thing I'm very right. interested to see about Riot's fighting game is the net code. Yeah. How because right. th- that's their specialty is online games. Right. Will they be able to deliver something right. that like satisfies or potentially becomes like the standard for fighting right. games? Well, and and in recent recently, you know, rollback has become yeah. such a standard, and 
the the scrutiny for netcode has only grown and so yeah i agree that that is definitely something that's prioritized like, i don't like i'm not in the fighting game community at all and if somebody said it like packs or something i bumped into that like they were into a fighting game or something i'd be like you got that rollback netcode i'm hearing things you know it's like i even know about that from being so far out well, so yes it is something and, and you think about just all of the esports stuff that riot already does and like the production values of that right rolling that into the fighting game world, like how is that going to translate, and is there going to be resistance to it? Because yeah, uh, you know, I think the fighting game community certainly prioritizes and loves kind of a grassroots scene and and people that do genuinely care about the scene and know about it and have you know experience with it. Um, they actually, I saw reporting last week that uh, Riot, and I imagine this is kind of an industry-wide issue, esports, one of those things that did not do as well as the rest of the video game industry in the pandemic, right. you know, something right. that is yet to, you know, yet to really come back. So it'll be interesting to see these companies that we know for producing events like that, Capcom and, and Blizzard and Riot, how they're going to manage the next couple of years. Um, how does what you know about this fighting game and how do you predict the fighting game will make you feel differently at all about League of Legends? Because it seems mm -hmm. like... You know, when I think about like an Activision or Blizzard, you know, where these companies will have mobile arms and variants of all of their own popular franchises, but those are intended, you know, the hope is you get Call of Duty Mobile and then you want to play Warzone, you want to play Vanguard, whereas all this is kind of outside of League of Legends, like they're fishing, you know, and just like kind of hoping to pull people back in. Mm -hmm. Do you feel a tug there at all? Do you feel... Um, I'm just kind of curious what that perspective's like. Because you were saying, like, they, they make a K-pop video just because. And it's, yeah. like, crazy to me to spend millions, billions just because something, you know, is uh, creatively fulfilling and, and looks beautiful. It's, like, that's amazing that they have that much capital to, yeah, to throw th around. This is definitely just me, right? So I, I realize that this is not the case for many, 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 many people. But I have, at best, nothing but total apathy for anything regarding League of Legends. And at worst, like dislike for um like i just it it got to a point with league of legends where it's like i'm not enjoying this this community sucks i have no attachment really to any of these characters beyond like some of them look kind of cool and i feel like all of their ventures outside of that have just kind of taken something that already exists and adding their own twist on it and to be fair, I think they're executing on those twists pretty well, but it just, it's hard to articulate, but everything Riot touches just kind of has this sheen to it where I just don't feel, like, objectively, I'm like, oh, I, I see that this is well done, but I don't, like, feel a soul. I don't feel any connection to it. I don't feel, like, a desire to want to invest my time into it. But that's just a me thing. What's a good genre to get Michael Damiani into League of Legends? Like, what I mean, mobile game or something should we make? I mean, I don't know about mobile game, but I was going to follow that up by saying, like, uh, for me, I like have virtually like no investment in the League of Legends game or its universe. But if they were going to try something like a fighting game, might get me into it, especially if it gets picked up by the the FGC and then it actually becomes a supported thing that becomes a big deal. I'd actually be interested in learning and watching it. I might learn and care more about it through that. But basically like that's what I think they're trying to like this is what they're trying to do. They're coming after people like me who like they don't play League of Legends. They don't even care about anything we're doing. They just pronounce we gotta try something else. And like but we we we're really passionate about this and we want to make it a, a good fighting game. 
at the same time. So it's not like it, it, it's like just all these things are trying to achieve. And if it works out, yes, then they got me in. Like I might not play ever touch League of Legends, <laughs> right. but I will watch this stuff on Twitch and like maybe like I get familiar with the characters and you know maybe you know okay I'm a little bit interested. Maybe I'll watch your Netflix show or whatever Arcane or whatever it is because I'm invested in the universe a little bit more because that was my gateway in. Like right. nothing they've done so far has like just been able to sink its hooks into me. The to go like to clarify what I said. Uh, I, I did check into Valorant pretty recently, um, and I was like, okay, there's there's something here. Like, I would definitely play more of this. I could see myself getting more into this. So I'm certainly not immune to it, but in terms of, like, League of Legends itself specifically, nah. I, I think Valorant is more successful than I. I remember the first gameplay we ever saw, they didn't show a lot of it. I remember being like, oh, okay, this looks mm-hmm. interesting. And, like, I think they've definitely had success there. This just in, though. Our very own Isla Hank has seen three episodes of Arcane on Netflix. Correct. Those are all the ones that are available right now. Nice. That's very un-Netflix of them, or I guess, whoa. They're do- yeah, it's a weird thing. They're doing three batches of three. The next three are oh. in a few yeah. days, the 13th or the 15th of November, I think, and then the last three. So it's like three acts, I think. What is Arcane about? No spoilers. Okay, so, uh, interesting. I, I had seen a poster, and I knew for a long time that they were working on a show, but like, uh, I saw a poster for Arcane, and I was like, oh, that looks cool. And so I threw it on last night, and Sophia was like, is this the League of Legends thing? And I was like, oh, what? They, that's okay. <laughs> and then like the title comes up, and it says Arcane, League of Legends. I was like, oh, what? Okay. And then, like, because I have friends who work at Riot and stuff, like, I'm interested in the characters, but yeah, like Ben said, I don't really like the game. I'm just bad at it. I don't really know how to play it, and it's people are mean. Uh, but the show is fucking good. <laughs> the show is, like, good. Funny. I was really enjoying it. It was really fun. If you have a cursory knowledge or higher of the characters, it's really fun. Because, like, I knew nothing going in. And, like, without saying anything too spoilery, it's really fun to figure out, like, when the show is taking place who some of the characters are. Some of them, if you know, like, the characters, you'll you'll realize, like, immediately, like, oh, that's this person, cool. Some of them, they just say their names, but some of them are a little more hidden. Uh, it's just neat, and it's actually kind of good. The music choices are very odd. I would say, like, the theme song is by Imagine Dragons, so it's like... Uh, that, that, I, that's you are yeah, pulling me uh, terrible, so far terrible, out right no, 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 I know, I know, I know. Like, I was like, oh, wow, it's, it's really good. That's interesting. No, and then you say Imagine Dragons, yes. and I'm like, no, right, no. no. But, like, they have one, like, the theme no. song... I mean, you reach for that skip intro button, and it's fine. You don't have to hear it. But, true, like, that's true. There's, like, one other, like, pop rock song that'll happen per episode that, like, completely feels out of place, but then everything else is surprisingly good. I mean, maybe I just went in with zero expectations. I literally didn't even know what I was clicking on. Mm-hmm. I just liked their hair colors. Um, mm-hmm. I, but yeah. I, they know this. <laughs> There's no, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's an accident. But it was, I was surprised. Like, I don't know. Maybe everybody hates it and I'm wrong, but I, I was surprised. No, I that's cool. It. That's cool to hear. Yeah. And fascinating that you discovered it without knowing it was a League of Legends property, without actually having, you know, probably more of a knowledge of the characters and the lore behind that. When I see Fortnite get like the Flash, when I see Fortnite get you know Walking Dead, or say it's like okay, it's so very clear what they're doing. You know, they 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 have the money to invest in this to get a property in there that people you know Ripley was finally the one where I buckled and I dug up you know the V box that I V box that I thankfully had and bought it. 
Um, and then here's Riot on the other side being like, no, no, our own property, our own characters are doing our own thing. If you don't know it's League, it's fine. Just watch it. Like, it seems like such a, a carefree way to spend hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. That was the, that was the thing that I, I appreciated about the show was, you know, because sometimes if they're like, uh, they say the line that, that like, you know, like, you, you're such a this character name or whatever, you know, like, you, this was supposed to be, we called this kingdom this word that's important to the sh- to the game that you already know like a lot of times a lot of properties lean into that too hard like like star trek into darkness when when khan go like they're like what's your name and he's like khan. yeah yeah <laughs> and you're like why did you like if in yeah. real life they'd be like why did you just say your own name like that you maniac because it's for the audience like this show thankfully doesn't do that so i do think that you could just sit and enjoy this show if you know nothing about it this isn't like particularly League of Legends' fault, it's it's more of a cumulative problem. But I'm like kind of getting to this point where, like everything, every successful property is like blowing up so much and like has so many facets going on, and like the world building just gets like more and more insane. Where it's like, I feel like I, I like it's it's getting more and more difficult to like keep all of this information oh, in yeah. about these fictional places because they're becoming so layered and dense and like that's cool and like the ones that I'm invested in I really enjoy but like it's kind of starting to feel like everything is getting like that and it just is a little exhausting in a way like just the thought of like learning about the history of a new place right now is just kind of like I don't know man I got like the 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 full ending of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I was like, oh, I think I miss some endings of the past. And I'm just like, oh man, there's yeah. so many like right. lore bits. Right. That, like, that I'm feeling. probably so clueless on. Yeah, this yeah. is just such a big big. Well, thing. that's why it's encouraging, you know, that Isla says that you can just jump into this and watch this and For enjoy sure. this, yeah. and For sure. you know, who cares right. about what it connects to? So they're doing a global partnership with Rihanna's makeup brand Fenty Beauty <laughs> for Arcane. There's gonna be people checking out Arcane Beauty projects products. Don't play League of Legends. Don't know what Riot Games in. It's just like, oh, it's good purple. Fenty's pretty dope. It, I, it's it's. I have some Fenty stuff. This I don't know if they're being weird or if this is the secret to their success. It's like obviously if you just spend a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know. But they really seem tapped into specifically what uh, their fan base wants. And Bennett reminds me of: mm-hmm. Is this how our family and friends that don't know video games feel about video games? Is the way we feel about League of Legends, where we're like, <laughs> yeah, I've done it. I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the name. You're Riot. I am, <laughs> but otherwise, just you know, it would take hours to get caught up. <laughs> if you were to ask me, like, are you very familiar with League of Legends? I would say no. I am still way more familiar with League of Legends than my family is with video games at large. You know, like, it's. I, I think it's a level of disconnect that uh, is not quite comparable. Like, there. I, there are people on my mom's side of the family that are convinced that I make video games, and I've told them multiple times that I do. You got to lean into it. You got to lean yeah. into it. You got to be like, "Yep, yep." Just take them home. I gave, yeah, <laughs> I gave up a long time ago trying to explain <laughs> yeah. what we do to anybody. Yeah. I was just like, "I do. I make videos." Just slide when it, well, Skyrim once, anniversary edition yeah. across the table. I made this. I made this. <laughs> I made this. I'm a billionaire. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> got some really exciting details about Spider Man. Coming to Marvel's Avengers. You have exciting details? On November 30th. (laughs) Why wasn't the trailer exciting that we got to see this week finally unveiling Spider Man, who is coming to. He throws a cup on the ground? What? Why did he throw the cup on the ground? 
to distract. He's playful, man. There's a distract him. He jumped right where the cup was. Yeah. There's a scene in Ronan where they drop a cup, and it's awesome. So (laughs) it it can be done well. True. And then they do this kind of back and forth, and the Avengers show up, and okay, and and then they have just this weird kind of cut between things at the end where I just got real confused. It's like, what's happening now? Um, and and the physics on the swinging felt slow and like it lacked momentum. Oh, it was CG swinging though. Yeah. They were like, he was like flying up to the near the top of a building, and it's like you can't get higher than fifteen floors in New York City. <laughs> I've been in that map several times. Maybe that's an exciting part of the update, but I doubt it. <laughs> no, a lot of people are a lot of people are skeptical about mobility more than anything. He's like he's just he's going to swing like Black Widow does. End of story. I'd yeah. be very surprised uh-huh. if he does not. Um, have to kind of speculate at this point because still no gameplay. Uh, of Spider-Man. He's about three weeks away. They like to do the war tables at Avengers. No war table currently scheduled. <laughs> really? Uh, again, this is Thursday. We're recording the podcast. So if they tweet it out after we're done or while we're recording a Friday morning or something. But. This feels like... Like... The, 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 there's a ship, right? If we pretend that Avengers is a ship and it's sinking, uh-huh. there, there's like essential crew that has to stay on while everybody else evacuates. That's what feels like is happening right now. That like, yes, there are people running this thing, but just barely. Yeah. How many people are making Tomb Raider right now? Yeah. <laughs> And Scornex from marketing, you're not going to get that at War Council because they're too big, busy focusing on that first soldier launch next Friday. <laughs> so, like, all this marketing for it, they're, they're pushing that. Are you upset that the Easy Allies bet was not on first soldier? I did see it next week. It was yeah. like, oh, what kind of first soldier bet? I'm not. No. File size no. or something. I don't know. Upset is a strong word, but it would have been cool. I'm furious. Yeah, <laughs> very mad. Uh, uh, your first soldier, man. <laughs> it's just, I feel like. Any company can potentially turn something around, especially Square Enix, given their history. When they care enough about something, they can put the resources and effort. And and Ben's metaphor there, it's like pretty much like that is not absolutely. There's no sign that that's happening. Like this is like feels like an obligation they have to fulfill. Absolutely. And then we are out of here. (laughs) It's like maybe a year from now they have to release it on other consoles, like as the final part of that contract. (laughs) <laughs> and I can imagine a year from now, it's like there's no one playing. And like, oh, and, and also this week, Spider-Man comes to Xbox. Right. <laughs> you should make the lockdown yeah, better now. That's gotta That'll be a headline for sure. More awkward, right? It's like, oh, this is here's an exclusive character for one of our four platforms. Yeah, it feels it, it feels like they, they definitely don't want to put as much backing into it. Especially mm. since they just... They did the Game Pass thing, and they did the free-to-play currency thing, and then they took away the free-to-play currency thing. And And it's like, did they paint themselves in the corner with this deal? Because even if they wanted to just, like, unleash Spider-Man on all the platforms, or, you know, does the contract have them kind of, like, their hands tied? So it's like, we really need to release on everything, but Sony won't budge because they already paid for it. So I I think maybe that's just more, that is just more evidence for them that, like, we, this is going to be a little too difficult to salvage, that there's just, maybe it's time to just, like, plot an exit course for this for this project and uh, move on to something else. How do we feel about that exclusivity? How's that playing to, I mean, granted, there's just not, not a lot I think you can do to, like, really, you know, blow up or piss off the fan base anymore. I think they're kind of, like, where they're going to be. Well, uh, so is this hurting? Is this helping? Is it neutral? When we originally talked about this, right, the hope was that Avengers would be a long, a great and long, prosperous game. And it's like, oh, man, it really sucks this character is limited to one platform. 
But now that the game has failed and no one cares about it, it kind of doesn't matter. Like, really? You know, like, like it... Does anyone really care anymore? Like, I, I don't, I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not seeing signs of life. Well, and Sony is so draconian about the Spider-Man license that it, it would have been Sony exclusive or not happen at all. I think. Right. Like it just, that's all. That's them's the breaks. I just think it's one of those things that, in this day and age, with like a more cross-platform and cross-play, and for big games such as this. Like, even though like, you can understand it from Sony's perspective, it makes no sense from the Avengers' perspective. You so, to, to, try to, to try to market this thing and to have just so much of your player base be like, oh, so when can I play it? And it's like, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, you won't There's be no able. Xbox yeah. equivalent. It's yeah. just some weird. Any story updates are just gonna have to ignore him because are they gonna like are they gonna say the word ever in any official story thing? Spider Man. Right. So when someone Xbox is like, what? Spider Man's in this? And and I think that's that's part of, of the problem too because it's just in the back of your mind you feel like this has got to be somewhat insignificant and half hearted. Yeah. And if it's not, prove it <laughs> because yeah. right. You know, because you just have a small segment. Or I mean, not the small carpet segment, they rolled out for, segment of for your Black user Panther base. was much, much, much bigger than this. Yeah. You know, that was clearly like that. This is not called Black Panther. This is the war for Wakanda. And, you, and you they're like, I don't know. There's a mission called with great power, Spider-Man. We'll tell you his moveset later. So this is coming out in three weeks, and it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be playing Pokemon. <laughs> I'm hopefully going to be playing Halo, and it's just like the, the no, like I'm not. Sorry, like other things will take priority. I do kind of get it when you see that cast shot at the end where you have everybody together. It's like, okay, now we are getting close to a launch lineup from a typical Ultimate Alliance game from 15 years ago. Right. Um, but uh, no voice actor also. I mean, there, there's a voice to the character, but they have not confirmed who that mm. actor is. Yeah, it would seem odd. like a fun day to do that. I don't know. You know, the unveil right. of the costume and everything and be like, and Maybe thanks to this person who's not Yuri Lowenthal for jumping in. and Because um, Yuri is Spider-Man multiple places. He showed up animated and he's in Future Revolution and stuff. So a lot of people were assuming. Um, and some people have issues with the suit. I think the suit looks fine. And now, a word from our sponsors. The holidays can be hectic, but HelloFresh keeps things simple with recipes and ingredients that cut out grocery shopping and limit meal prep time so you can spend more of the festive season with friends and family. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your order on the app within minutes, easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need. It makes the holidays easier. Your weekly delivery is made to help you cut back on meal prep and cleanup, and their limited edition holiday boxes deliver everything you need to cook up a family feast, no planning necessary. I definitely appreciate HelloFresh because I, <laughs> I have way too much in common with my two-year-old as we both watch my wife prepare meals, like, ooh, you know, it's like Milo's a two-year-old's learning these skills. You'd think me at like 42 would have, you know, picked them up earlier. Not so much. HelloFresh helping me a lot out with my marriage, uh, with my child, and with eating. Um, so shout out to them. The, uh, all of these things are extremely delicious and extremely easy to make. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Allies14 and use code Allies14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. 
That's HelloFresh.com slash Allies14. Use code Allies14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. The best way to think about therapy is through a bunch of analogies. We get oil changes for our cars to prevent bigger issues down the road. We see the doctor and go to the gym to take care of our bodies to prevent injury and disease. We do chores regularly, some of us, to avoid a messy house. Going to therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. I went to my doctor and I told him I wasn't feeling well and took a therapist to be like, it's actually going on in your mind, not your stomach. Um, my doctor was like, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Easy Allies listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com allies. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash allies. What if getting your favorite groceries put time back into your week instead of taking it away? I love talking about deliciousness during sponsor time on the Easy Allies podcast. With the weather getting colder outside, outside stay cozy inside and let Imperfect Foods deliver you intentionally sourced groceries with just a few clicks. Imperfect Foods is a grocery delivery service offering an entire line of sustainable groceries that taste delicious and reduce waste. Make a difference in our food system. Embrace the natural imperfections and get your groceries delivered weekly with Imperfect Foods. I've I've used per Imperfect Foods for a while, long before we got this sponsorship. Blood has jumped in on it as well. Yeah, I've been um, doing it the past few weeks. It's funny. I like I will go to like Ralph's now and I'll just be like, Psh, you see like the like, like their models. You know, you see all like the perfect <laughs> oranges, and I'm just like, Psh, show offs. Well, well, it's funny though. It's a lot yeah, of I don't, I don't even see what's supposedly wrong with with a lot of the stuff I get. And yeah, yeah. The mushrooms are great. They have these. Uh, I, I've been getting like chocolate covered pretzels or nuts or whatever because they're just like, oh, these were broken or these were the wrong size. So they just take them, put chocolate on them, and sell them. There you go. Just put it in my face. Visit imperfectfoods.com to see if they deliver in your area. Once you sign up, you can summarize your weekly grocery order with free seasonal produce, pantry samples, and yummy snacks. Plus, your order will arrive on the same day each week. On average, Imperfect Foods customers save six to eight pounds of food from lesser outcomes with every order. And unlike on-demand delivery companies, Imperfect delivers weekly by neighborhood, a unique model that produces 25 to 75 fewer emissions than individual trips to the grocery store. Plus, say goodbye to packaging guilt. Imperfect Foods is the only national grocery delivery company that makes it easy to return your packaging after every order. Right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off your first four orders when you go to imperfectfoods.com and use promo code ALLIES. Again, 20% off of your first four orders. That's up to an $80 value at imperfectfoods.com when you uh, and the offer code when you use promo code ALLIES. imperfectfoods.com and use ALLIES. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. You know, when I mentioned other stuff that I'd be playing, I forgot the biggest thing, the most important thing, is Endwalker. <laughs> and I was thinking, Michael Damiani sitting next to me. <laughs> I wanted him on the last episode of Frame Trap because I got to gush about Shadowbringers and he couldn't make it. And so we haven't had that conversation I know, yet. Just, just cutting away at the, oh, at the Final Fantasy XIV discourse with an easy allies. Yeah. Stunting I, it at every turn. I know. I, Brutal. I just want to have that conversation with Damiani at some point. Delayed two weeks, so... Delayed two weeks? Moved yeah. out of Battlefield's yeah. way, but right into Halo. Right into Halo's like, way, ah, yeah. Almost perfect. <laughs> Speaking of Final Fantasy XIV, I bought you a carbuncle once. 
Yeah. And you've told this that. story on the podcast. Oh, is that Comic Con? Yeah. Pretty sure you have told this story. But regale our new listeners. <laughs> well, Square Enix makes a lot of money on that merch there, right? Oh, they, they make oh, a yeah. lot of money on that in like cash shop stuff, of course. The gigantic. That's why it's Magitech the most profitable. armor they just announced like a couple weeks oh, ago. That, that's their cool stuff. I just want Holy the Encyclopedia Eorzea to be Next year. If you I know. Pre-ordered. I did. I think it's uh, August. Yeah. Final Fantasy XIV, most profitable Final Fantasy game in the series. That's why they they, they sold this the stuff. Nothing but MMOs what? now. They've earned every goddamn penny. It's true. The funny thing with the Magitek statue is like I don't even think they had released the price yet, have they? But it's probably like three thousand, four thousand dollars. But it's it's even if I even if I could like put the money on it, if I saved up and I got yes, this amazing yeah, statue. That statue is incredible. I would be like, well. My apartment isn't good enough for this thing. Right? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, I love that. The studio isn't good enough the for only this thing. thing. Yeah. I don't have anywhere in to the put carpet this. on the middle. Yeah. You know, no couch. Oh, you know, just imagine, just like the centerpiece of like your whole living space. It's I like, can imagine I need, my cat knocking I need, over. I need to have my case. castle from Forza Horizon Five, and then <laughs> yeah. I can get the Magitek uh. armor. <laughs> Magitek NFT. You can just bring it to the studio and put it on display here. <laughs> So it, yeah, like right here. <laughs> right here. Yeah. But it would take up. That's the thing. It no, would, it no, would that's be fine. in our faces. It's, it's better than our faces. It's better than our faces. Most viewed episodes. There's something about this show that's really upped its, its uh, production quality. I can't tell. It's so much sexier. Yeah. I would imagine that MiHoYo makes a lot of money on Genshin Impact merch. That That's pretty important yeah. to that People company. like their anime characters. It's true. Uh, Genshin Impact posted this week some merch rules, some mm, some rules uh, for their fans in terms of making merch. Oh, now, if you were good to luck with that, is, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, is it? I actually heard it was not if, super common. So maybe not with game companies, but this is yeah, with like your Nintendos it, or your with anime. Yeah. This is pretty common with anime. Anime licensors they they dictate like because if you go to conventions, they have like artist alleys. Yeah, they sell mm. like. Uh, this fan-made stuff. There's ex- they usually put out rules, which is kind of nice because it, it, it's you can still profit off of it. Whereas like game companies, like you can't even make a fan game for no profit. Like we're gonna shut you down. So it's like nice right. when game companies do something like this. Yeah. So you're saying this is more of the anime side of Genshin Impact and not the video game side. Anime saving the day here is what there you're saying. There is no separation. There's <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. It's one and the same. Let's learn more and more. Um, they, there's a lot to these. This is a big, long, fun. You know, I wouldn't necessarily call it I a legal imagine. document. I, I grab the highlights because I'm curious to throw this at the crew and, and uh, if this surprises you. If like Damiani, you say this is just kind of par for the course. You know, for anime um, or for entities like this, travelers are free to create original secondary content from already published content of the Genshin Impact series and produce physical merchandise to give away or sell. So, like, go for it. Make stuff. Sell it. It must not violate relevant laws and regulations. Mm-hmm. It must not infringe on the rights and interests of third parties. So you can't just throw like Luke Skywalker in there. Mm-hmm. The Genshin Impact development team and MiHoYo. Furthermore, they shall not harm the reputation of Genshin Impact sure. or was, MiHoYo. That means Brandon. No it was porn. so telling that you were reading these rules, and your example was not another anime character, but was instead Luke, Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. True. Was such a Brandon Jones move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because everyone else would have picked Goku Jones. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> you know. Uh, what what comes to your mind when you think about harming the reputation? Porn. Of, oh, okay. Yeah, they, they don't they don't want hentai and shit like right. that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't make money of you. Can, you know, 
No, no one's gonna stop. But you also, from like, it. they get they also. I mean, there might be clarification later, but like, they don't like their any of their merch be associated with anything, any political movements, stuff sure. like that. Like, you can't have a message of that kind. It just has to be like matter of fact. Well, that's interesting because Goku's extremely political, right? Oh yeah. Like just putting Goku in there, so well. He just. <laughs> yep. Online sales can't exceed 500 units of the product. Oh, so you can sell 500. That's interesting. That's interesting. If you're an individual, you can sell 200 if you're a quote fan group. So less if you're what a What qualifies entity? a fan group? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, not, yeah, that, I'm not familiar with that type of structure. Hopefully, fan groups are. So Hopefully, they're not making units. too many units. Over any specific period of time, just 500 units. That's 500 so weird. units. Yeah, that limit. Because what happens if, like, like, I don't know, somebody has an Etsy and you know they're they're selling a couple a month, and then some announcement happens and everybody like floods their Etsy channel and they order 700. And like, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's related to this, but I've seen. I mean, I think it's more about finite resources that that some Etsy makers creators have. They, they will offer products, and then when they sell out, they sell like I'm never making this again. So. I mean, maybe it's a little bit of both, but like th- right. this is like the, I would imagine like there would be a time period associated with this, right? Like a year in a calendar year, you can only do five hundred of these units, but over a lifetime, it's like I don't know. That that that, that seems right. maybe strict. I I don't know. I, I don't sell things like this. Novels or stories written by fans do not need to be declared officially, whether for profit or not, as long as they comply with the basic regulations and laws of the country. If these works are accompanied by physical merchandise, this must be declared. But if you want to just write something, again, that does not infringe upon the oh, reputation. Fan fiction. Yeah. 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 But you can sell it if you want to, you know, sell your fanfic. Yeah. Interesting. For all those people out there <laughs> ravenously buying fanfic. Yeah, the legends. During the authorization of application review process, requests such as, quote, Authorization to use all Genshin Impact characters will not be accepted. <laughs> so they're like, just don't, give me everything. Just don't, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the old give me Sora like, and Donald and Goofy approach. The, the way that that's phrased feels like so all encompassing, where it's like, I'm going to write a story about that vendor as well. Like, it's just. <laughs> what? Uh, the words, quote, fan-made merchandise must be clearly visible on the product page. Oh, okay. Yeah, that seems pretty On the standard. product itself or the packaging? Um, on the product page. I just think where you oh, buy okay, it. Okay. I don't think, yeah, it needs to say it on. on um, although, unless you want to, unless you're proud of that, unless you want to wave that banner. Got it. The product description may not contain any statements that suggest a direct connection to Genshin Impact or MiHoYo, such as, quote, original Genshin Impact product or, quote, official collaboration. That mm-hmm. seems does kind of make standard. Sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the direct use, partial modification, or retouching of official source materials and the images and design elements of the product detail page is prohibited. Yep. That's... You can't, like, goof with the logo. Absolutely. Yeah, you this can't is just very standard. something and change right. the colors. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yep. Yeah, we've never done that at community showcase before. But then, no, that's not a thing. Uh, uh, this is for selling stuff. Yeah, you can't take official right. stuff and. Deru- no money changed hands during the production of the right. community showcase. Because, you know, like, because then you just open the window. It's like, oh, I'm selling posters over here. And you just print off, yeah. you know, a wallpaper they've posted. Yeah. And those are the highlights. How does it, does that, based on what you know, Damiani, does that seem, does that seem fair? And is this unusual because it is a game, like you said, and like Nintendo's not going to be like, okay, Metroid developers, let's figure this out. Let's make, let's write something that it's obvious if you broke the rules because this is what we said. 
And obviously, they have copyright rules, but unless something's an olive branch, unless something's on my mind, the only thing that stood out was just the the unit restriction on how many you can actually made, and that if you're part of a bigger fan group, you can you can make less. I thought it was gonna be you're gonna say you can make like a thousand if you're part of a fan group. It's like no, you can only make less. So it's like, what's the reasoning behind? Because they're like an established thing, where if you're just an individual, I don't. I yeah maybe I don't know, but that that's it. Everything else seems pretty matter of fact, and it's it. Most of the time, like people were just selling this, it was like a gray market thing where they were just like, oh, "We hope the company doesn't notice that we're selling right. these things." And it seems like over time, most like most of these companies that have allowed it, they really were only going after people who were taking the, as Blood was saying, uh, point out the example, taking official things and just trying to repurpose them and sell them. Like, I'm gonna take this official poster and like put on a T-shirt. I'm gonna sell T-shirts of that. It's like yeah. you can't do that. That's like official art from the artist, and like they're not getting compensated for that. But if you create your own piece of fan art and put it on posters, mugs, and stuff, then sure, you, you, you're you allowed to sell up to 500 of each of these. So I, I, I maybe someone who's more entrenched in, you know, like maybe the Etsy scene or something that like is might be more affected by this can actually point out this, but to someone who's just like kind of casually knowledgeable about this stuff, it seems pretty decent. Yeah. I can't wait for the Genshin Impact Netflix show. They'll just make their own show. Why do they need Netflix? I don't know. You mean they can make their own Netflix? They'll make their own oh, Netflix. <laughs> I am Netflix curious with the, with the 500 stipulation whether... Um, we got Arcane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious whether that applies to like that creator's works overall or if, or if that's a specific product. Because I could see you know, potentially someone getting the wiggle room of like, all right, well... I, I've made 500 of these statues. Now I can't make any more of this, but uh, I'll put a hat on it, and now I can make 500 more. You oh, know? I see how different it could be before. Right. I'm going to guess unless someone like raises the attention of the company, there no one's going to care as right. long as it looks different because those called oh this is a special edition. I mean companies already do that. Like they right. sell the, st- the standard version of a figure and then here's a deluxe version that lights up and stuff. So I imagine if there's some effort put into changing, it's not literally the same thing. They might let them get away with it. Um, but it th- just feels to me like the overall intention of this is is it's made for essentially a hobbyist yeah, it's market. Yeah. Hobby, the word yeah. hobby did come up a lot in the document. I think this is not, they don't want you to become like a like a company. Incorporate yourself and now you're selling fan, like that's your whole career and you have, you have employees and stuff and now maybe that's why they said fan group because the more people you get like, eh, 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 we know what you're trying to do here. Sure. Like <laughs> that's a whole different thing where you need to come to us and you need to be licensed and we'll go through that process. But yeah, I think it's, yeah, as I said, keep, keep it small scale. The... Local laws and stuff, the applicable things. I know in uh, Japan for, for Dojin, like a lot of companies, you have to go through an application process as well. So I wonder, like for art, like selling like artwork or selling just, you know, an actual like Dojin as well, if they have to go through that as well. Or if like in Japan, they'll just be like, no, you, you, your, this agreement works and stuff. And then what other countries this might not even be allowed in? Right. It'd be interesting to see because like they, some territories don't necessarily like, their laws will supersede it. So I wonder if, like, this really changes anything in some parts of the world or if it's just like, yeah, it actually makes it, you know, doable. Uh, let's say Kyle Bossman gets eaten by a polar bear. Very uh, likely. Posthumously, uh, box peak art, everything just blows through the roof. So it's just all of a sudden people come rushing to youtube.com slash these allies trying to get that box peak. We could make a mint off of this merch that people are making. 
Uh, is this is this feel good vibes? You know, a sheet like this. Like, do you do we again? Do we wish Nintendo would do this for people making you know fan games and stuff like that? Is it nice to to reach out? Is it something we would do? Uh, potentially not making as much money. Well, as a we fan could game have. like yeah. if you're talking about like you know the, the Metroid Two remake. I mean, there's more than 500 people downloaded that. <laughs> you know, like it, it, you really you think about the the distribution model. It's 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 a very very small amount of of these items that they're allowing. So it yeah, I, I think that even if say Nintendo or somebody you know allowed this, it wouldn't really make that big of a difference. I think yeah, I don't think any of this covers if someone made a Genshin Impact fan game either. If they made that, it's right. very likely sure. that, that they will still come after them for that, especially if they try selling it. Right. So I mean, I, I got a little bit ahead of myself in Nintendo, like with fan games, but because there are some other companies that out there that do embrace it, like Sega is very embracing of their their fan uh, their fan game community. But in terms of merchandise, that's a whole different story. I think people who do sell Nintendo fan works, it is in kind of a gray area because they don't really have, an, as far as I know, they don't have an official policy out there that's clarified like this that says, just put these, use the right verbiage, put the right labels on it, and only sell this many, and you can sell your own custom Mario things or whatever. Like, I don't think Nintendo was like, no, you yeah. can't do that. Like, uh, Damiani, you just made me realize that Maybe Sega should crack down on the Sonic community a little bit more. Like maybe they should. <laughs> they should maybe. tighten. Maybe, maybe. But I mean, it was, so would that be worth it to like not get someone like a Jason Whitehead to like come I'm, out of there? I just, I couldn't resist the joke. Yeah. I couldn't resist the joke. Uh, Guess what's coming back tomorrow, children? Oh, oh, that game. Yeah. Well, they yeah somehow uh, yeah. Sony Sony gave Q Games the rights back. That's cool. It is cool. Maybe a tad insulting. Just ah, we don't. They're the rights. Just take, just take them. I don't rights. think this is. We that canceled unusual, this game though. four years ago to get because because yeah. you know Sony originally uh, published Journey, uh, and you know Journey is now like republished under Annapurna, um, mm-hmm. and uh, then like Death Stranding, like eventually you know that came out on on PC and stuff as well. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I I think that Sony. I, 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 especially with something like that, to where it's, they were essentially like publishing an indie game, I, I don't feel like they really are like clutching onto these things and like, no, True. this is ours. Right. Yeah. I don't know what process that uh, Dylan Cuthbert and them had to go through to make this happen or what their plans might be for it. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I'm not surprised by it. One of the, I think, key differences is that Tomorrow Children would. Uh, die to have a tenth of the success of a journey or a Death Stranding. It definitely did not happen Man. for this game. A lot of people probably have no idea what video game we're talking about. Right. Um, I I have only a vague like image of the characters. I and don't remember much else. I tried to get into that game. I feel like multiple times and like I cold. Like I just couldn't do it. That that game was. I don't know what it was. I just I was not feeling it. Even a little bit. I was super pumped for it. I played it at PSX and never played it again. Oh. I waited in line, and I finally got up and was like, here we go. Yeah, tomorrow morning. Because I love you know, base building. I love well, like, mining. And, cool. and you know, it was just so fascinating. Yeah. I, I, you know, you're kind of in this weird limbo. And um, this is a game about digging and building as kids in a dystopian void somewhere in Russia. We don't know. I think they specifically use the word dystopian and Russia um, in uh, their description. 
Um, you mentioned Dylan Cuthbert. He's the boss over at Q Games, which retained the ownership to it. Quote from Dylan, our fans are some of the most amazing gamers out there, and every day for the past four years, they have kept the dream alive. Isla, every day for the past four years, a fan base has been keeping Tomorrow Children alive. I mean, I guess there are a lot of humans in the world. There are. (laughs) And like... There's Too gonna many. be there's gonna be a market for a game that got a 54 on Metacritic, and, and I do I, I do there, find there, sales numbers for. There's it. kind of a grassroots vibe in Tomorrow Children, you know. It's just kind of hey, yeah. if we're gonna get this game back in stores, but it, but, but, we gotta do it ourselves. That's cool. I mean, the, the people that are into it, let it let it live. Yeah, and even how small the audience is. I mean, this this clearly comes across as like you know Dylan and the developers were passionate about this yeah. i think they're just maybe it's just them being excited it's like yeah. hey we get to try one more time with this in some form because we got ownership again so we're gonna bring it back like yeah sometimes you know it's nice to see devs you know get a little bit of like happiness especially after <laughs> like it didn't perform probably as well as All they expected right. i get but i'm wondering how well they expect it to perform oh. what they have up their sleeve that is going to turn things around or if they're just like we're sony wasn't pleased with the success the numbers we were getting sony didn't like we're Totally happy with those numbers, even less. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I have to imagine, even if they, I don't know anything about that, obviously, but I have to imagine there's some kind of like, I don't know, like just a feeling of completeness maybe as an artist about even if something doesn't succeed, but you no longer own it, getting ownership of it back. Absolutely. It seems to be like a very big yeah. part of that process. So having that kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's a reconciliation or something where it's just like, hey, I, this didn't do well, but I had the freedom to do whatever I want with it. And, and you know what? It's in my hands now. It's something I made. I don't know. That that feeling of like ownership, I think, as a creator is very important and, and is undervalued. So mm-hmm. even if they don't have delusions of grandeur for like what they're going to do with this, or if it doesn't blow up with whatever plans they're going to do, I, I imagine they're just going to be satisfied that it's back in their hands and they have control of its fate. Yeah. I definitely don't get the sense that Q Games has delusions of grandeur. Yeah. I think they <laughs> are aware that. They're making niche products, for sure. I am now tweaking and reworking parts of the game every week. I hope everyone follows along and gets involved in the process. We plan to make quite a few changes for the better and give the Tomorrow Children the relaunch it deserves. Huh. Um, nice. So, yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I, like, I, wa- I want this to work out. I just think it's so interesting because I can't draw a line between this game and another game that, yeah. like, launched, closed a year later, has been gone for, like, four or five years, half a decade or so. Now is in the original ownership. They're going to bring it back. And it's like this is it's, this is a tricky thing to try to pull off. It's not exactly the same situation by any means, but uh, I think about Among Us, where that was a game for a very long time until suddenly it blew up and people were made aware of its existence, and now it's, you know, it became one of the biggest things in gaming uh, for for a while. And so it, it's definitely possible. And you know, there are plenty of games that have had significant turnarounds as well. Hey, maybe like. They'll team up with Devolver. Devolver seems to make games like this, you know, pretty like explode in popularity. Sure, they're pretty good at marketing stuff like this. So maybe uh, I don't know. Anything is possible. I didn't mean like when I said delusion of greater. I mean I was being extreme there. But sure, as Ben said, like anything is technically possible. So 
I, not like obviously not rooting against this game. I'm rooting for it, even though yeah. it was not a game for me. Mm-hmm. So and mm-hmm. like this team has a long history. They've made <laughs> it was one of my favorite at the time games. You know, going back to like Star Fox mm-hmm. when they were doing that with Nintendo. So. I mean, I, I wish them all the best and stuff, and hopefully, no matter what happens with this, they can come back and you know continue to be making you know games going forward. Yeah, yeah and I, I likewise didn't mean to sound flippant. I liked it. I di- didn't like the game, but I want them to succeed. I think about um, Mist Online, which was like kept afloat by like a few hmm. hundred, maybe hmm. like really dedicated fans, and now it's like it? you can get on servers again because Cyan got it back and stuff. I love that game, so yeah, who knows? Wasn't Mist Online like one of the you had to play like, it on Game Tap? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, Wasn't it like yeah. one of the calling game cards for Game Tap? <laughs> yeah, I remember Tap. those commercials. Wow. Yeah. I, I yeah. subscribed <laughs> to Game Tap simply to play Mist Online. Yeah. I never did anything else with it, just Mist Online. And I loved Tap. it. Uh, I'm just going to be following this very closely because it's just, yeah, I I say that it's an uphill battle, not because, um, you know, I didn't end up playing the entire game or I think this is not something that people can fall in love with. Just launching a game on its own is an uphill battle. Uh, And a lot of times you'll hear about people with IPs that they're like, I have the property, I'm ready to make a game, just if anybody wants to fund this, and they seem just full steam ahead. They're like, no, we got the, you know, we have all all our ducks in a row, we're actually going to try to make this work. Um, So... Be interesting. Do you want people to know about it? Do you want people to have never heard of it? What's your preferred audience? We shall see. Uh, it kind of reminds me in a weird way of Let It Die, where it's like, oh sure, it has a niche, but if you find your niche, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Funny name for a franchise that keeps coming back. Also this week, Far Cry Six, the Vaz DLC, which is called Insanity, mm-hmm. uh, that launches next week. Um, forgot that was coming. Um, I get triggered every time I like even think about that. Going, like, because we use going that down in quality with the villains. We use that bloody series. trailer so many times right. in edits back then. <laughs> I, I like hear it in my mind. Oh my god! Yeah, but they got him back. New dialogue. That's awesome. I That's love that. That's pretty cool. I love that. Uh, and uh, roguelike inspired. Oh, funny. So who knows what that's going to be like? I imagine all of those are going to be very strange. Yeah. MGS two and MGS three are gone from storefronts. Over, quote, Ooh. licenses for select historical archive footage used in-game. Yeah, all the, like, the military scenes they show and stuff. Of like course, that. yeah. But apparently they weren't technically delisted yet. Maybe they are now, but I remember, like, mm. the last thing I went to bed that night was Wario64 tweeting, they're still technically available right now. They haven't been pulled yet, but... And, and supposedly it's just going to be as long as, as it takes to, to, you know, to figure this out. So We have to hope... And assume Konami is going to relicense it and not pull that stuff. Like, you know, like, come, you, you come on. Come on. Yeah, I don't know with Konami. Know. It's like, they're kind of like, hmm, people will still buy it, right? If we don't relicense They'll it. They'll relicense it, but just for use in a pachinko machine. <laughs> yeah. Total War Warhammer 3 is coming out on February 17th. <laughs> Bullseye. February. I really, I really want to get into Total War Warhammer. I really do. And I have for like a long time. And I've definitely dabbled with it. Good month. Good but month. But it's just coming it's out good, at the worst it's a good possible month. time. Man, every time. A month with the that's, fewest days? Wow. <laughs> ben, that's been like my my past ex, my experience with the past few Dirt games. Oh, sure. It's like I want to yeah. get into them. I want to review them. And then the release date comes and I'm like, can't, can't you just do March? Dang it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, just Elden Ring pick February, everyone. Time to move. Yeah. yeah. Let's get out of the move. Adjust. <laughs> you have time. 
Speak, yeah, speaking of moving, that uh, 14 and Walker there, that was delayed two weeks. Yeah. We, we mentioned that already. Waylanders Yoshi uh, Peak, right on also delayed to February. Uh, Rune Factory is going to launch on December 7th. The Gunk Wait, uh, is launching on Game Pass. Factory? Rune Factory 4 Special. Four, right. Uh, it's coming to other platforms. Nice. Because uh, it's, it's already out it's, on Switch, right? Yes, it's so already out. Yeah, I think it's coming out to the other, the other consoles. Maybe PC? can't remember if it's PC, too. Ooh, if it's coming to PC, I'll... We talked about the gunk being on Game Pass on December 16th. Steam Deck's now going to be next year. Got delayed by two months. Um, I mean, as somebody who didn't buy that, I was not expecting that to come out super soon. I thought that was definitely, yeah. Hardware is probably going to have... I'm pretty stoked on that Steam Deck. Yeah. Um, I think it just makes people want it more. Dead by Daylight announced Portrait of a Murder. Yeah. New map. New villain. Yes. Chilean Desert Graveyard. Yes. New Survivor. That's a as Psycho well. Birds. Oh, New Survivor. Nice. Yeah. The the killer is just design wise, I think, very aesthetically mm-hmm. cool. Back for Blood is getting a solo campaign progression in December with a free update good. that a lot of people have been clamoring for. Yes, good. Um, I think we had a love and respect specifically about that. Uh, Jump Force's availability through. <laughs> I love this quote directly. Jump Force's <laughs> availability through digital pers- purchase in the Americas will end on February 7th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> this, this, 5 p.m. This headline, this headline made me think two very specific things. One, that anime licenses are a nightmare. Right. And, like, the fact that this Especially is... Especially anything with Jump, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, like, just a total nightmare. And so, like, the specificity of this is totally in line with that. And also, like, man, Jump Force was extremely successful... Because of those licenses, and there is this gigantic market for that type of game, I just wish the game was better. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're definitely going to do this again, and I hope, I just hope it's better. It looks flashy as hell. That is a bad game that they can make look really good. And they can make it look really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The uh, Borderlands Tiny Tina DLC that inspired Wonderlands uh, is currently free on Epic until the 16th. Uh, and that'll be 10 bucks that. otherwise. That's um, fun. They're definitely going to want to get that in people's hands before Wonderlands comes out. Yeah, it's a really it's a really cool yeah. episode. I hear people say like that's the best one of the best, yeah. DLC. I got to check, check it out. Jeff Keighley is touting double digit new game announcements for this year's Game Awards. Buckle up. 11. He's also already loaded in. Yeah. Who loads in? Well, I know. Early? Meaning Holy meaning they're cow. bringing in the equipment into the theater. Yeah. Do, who's going to do anything in the Microsoft Theater between now and the middle, beginning of December? Who's, I guess. I mean, yeah. you could have any number of concerts in a Microsoft Theater. It's well, just, it's in 2021. Like they're still under certain protocols, so they right. probably have the venue. Yeah. No Will one else has it. Keeley uh-huh. announce a dating simulator starring him and Kojima? And Muppets. And Muppets. And Muppets. <laughs> Uh, one of the devs at Scorn got angry in a Kickstarter update and later apologized. Said some mean things. Literally the definition of Scorn. <laughs> Activision Blizzard is raising the minimum hourly rate to $17. Uh, it's paying even during holiday breaks, and they think they get 13 holiday, de- holiday days a year. There's a lot of specific details. That's specifically for external workers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, and these are a, a, a series of small victories uh, that um, uh, I believe they're ABK is the group that's... Uh, um, putting up the biggest fight against Blizzard right now. The crazy thing is, to receive those benefits, you have to crawl underneath <laughs> the desks of your other employees. That's true. With a beer. Uh, Ubisoft is raising a bunch of salaries to keep devs, which is, yay, it sounds nice, mm. but apparently it's a lot of people that are making a lot of money anyway. So uh, it's kind of like when you hear executives and like their salaries getting bumped, like, well, I can't have them go to another company. 
Uh, oh, this is just for me. Old Republic trailers were re-released this week in 4K. Not just for you. For I'm the 10th that. anniversary, 4K. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Old trailers. There, trailers there are a lot of ever. small objects in those trailers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Legacy of the Sith is their new expansion. They're celebrating all that stuff. Ten years that game's been around. Um, and artist Goran Bukvik revealed work from, quote, Project Sabbath. This was a canceled Damian Wayne game from WB Montreal. Uh, this was the team that put together, uh, that's working on Gotham Knights that did Batman Origins. They were going to do another one with Damian as Batman and an old bearded Kratos Batman, he recalls him. I really am good. sad that that didn't happen. A lot of fun things you can do with Batman. A lot of fun. You never really get those tweets from like people who are like, another Superman game, another Batman game. Keep them, keep, keep them coming. Who says that? Twitter. Social media. Fucking Twitter sucks. <laughs> uh, Playdate also yeah. got delayed. Oh, just no! Like the, yeah, I got an oh, email about it today. I didn't see yeah. that. Oh. Yeah, they, they delayed it. It was interesting in the email because uh, they had the first 5,000, they got them in, and then their batteries just like were messed up, didn't work. It was weird. And then they, they shipped them back so they to shipped Malaysia. Them ba- they got different batteries, shipped them back. Uh, yeah, and then they also found that for later batches of the Playdate, they couldn't get the CPU for 730 or something days. Yeah. So they s- redid the board with a different CPU that they could oh, get earlier. Man. It's uh. crazy. But the, the cool thing was on the email, they were like, they said which group you were in. And I was, I'm in group one. So Yay. that's cool. Nice. Nice. I think I'm in group one for the Switch Deck or Steam Deck too. So Yeah, I got I got an update about our yeah, re- me review too. console at the same time. Yeah. yeah. In group one for the Steam Deck, it's the Elden Ring code. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Sometimes life throws you a bone. Let's play a game. Shit. <laughs> life plays a game. Sometimes life finds a way. This is from Sheldon. Many times as of late has the battle cry, Games sell better now than ever, echoed through the easy halls. I mean, Huber. On the, I've, I've, said that a lot. <laughs> I've said that quite a bit. Uh, on the eve of Shin Megami Tensei V's breakout success for the long-running franchise, it's time to test the truth of that creed with an erratically cherry-picked set of game releases. Did these entries sell more than ever? In some of these instances, they're, they're, I'm speaking to the previous version of that game. They might be like a giant franchise. Just that franchise within the bigger franchise. Um, unless otherwise specified, information is based on NPD data. Persona 5. <laughs> yes. Oh. Like it's the what best are we trying Best to ever. Best Persona best ever. Best Persona, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Easily, Not, not yeah. even a question. Fastest selling title in series history. Yeah. Yes. Package dollar sales are five times bigger than the previous franchise best. Atlas's highest selling title in Japan of all time. Some people act like Persona 5 was the first JRPG ever invented. (laughs) (laughs) I heard the other day that it invented jazz. (laughs) WarioWare Get It Together. Is that the newest one? That is the newest mm, one. Uh, it's not. Ooh, no, no. I don't think no, so. No, it's not. It underperformed. No, the launch month record set by WarioWare Smooth Moves, Moves in yeah. January 2007 remains intact. Yep. They didn't DS. really do much to market Get It Together anyways. They did not. Get yeah. It Together. Plus, Smooth Moves really kind of leaned into our, our existing skill base. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's... <laughs> well, that was... Uh, you went for it. <laughs> <laughs> New Pokemon Snap, meaning the old Pokemon Snap. Did this, is this oh, the best yeah. selling oh, of the yeah, Snaps? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Wait, it's, it's got to blow it up. For the sure. They put out the report I don't know. Pokemon, already. Pokemon Snap on the 4 was at kind of like... It's still the N64 no. compared they to the said Switch. They, that's that's true. That was in the report. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was. It yeah, I mean, you're they either made right. more money, either made more money or sold big. more units. One or the other. I'm gonna say yes. I, Launch I, month I, sales more than doubled those yeah. of Snap's yeah. N64 debut back in July 1999. Total number is at 2.19 million copies for the Switch sequel to 3.63 million for the original. Um, so okay, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One Plus Two. Ooh, I'm gonna say no. Uh, I'm gonna say no. What? Oh man, that's a hard one. That, you know, that is a hard one. That is. A hard I'm gonna one. say maybe yes. I could see two. I thought it was in the NPD, it. and I just forget. But they did make a statement about it, and I just forgot which way it went. <laughs> uh, reached one million units sold through faster than any game in franchise history. In wow. the long run, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two racked up sales of 5.3 million units. Um, so it was the fastest okay. in franchise history. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Ooh. I'd say no. I would. The only reason I would say no would be because of the availability of the PS5. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to think, I would guess, yeah, it's not either. Probably like the, one of the PS, the PS4 one probably sold better. Or uh, PS2. Or PS2, yeah, yeah, PS2 ones. Yeah. It dethroned the previous record holder, Ratchet and Clank 2016, is the fastest selling title in the series. Overall, Rift Apart stands at 1.1 million as of July this year and is around 2.9 mil to go before it catches up to Up Your Arsenal and Going Commando, mm. okay. which are both roughly tied. Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. No. It mm. was... I'm gonna say it's a tough one too. It was either more faster selling or overall. Oh, but there was the remake one. Yeah, yeah. The Shoot, remake. the crash, the, the trilogy. Yeah. I think yeah, the yeah. insane trilogy did better, but yeah, uh, I'm say no. yeah. And that's they're so close in proximity. Crash Four debuted at number eleven in the NPD, yeah. climbed to number ten the following month, and Activision published no subsequent sales numbers. Insane Trilogy debuted at number four, jumped yeah. to number two in its second month, yeah. sold over ten million copies that total. Is such a bummer. Crash Four is so good. Counting only the first month, Crash 4 out-earned the trilogy oh. due to the $20 higher price tag, but it yeah. didn't top oh, the classics. Yeah. There you go. Tales of Arise. Yes. Uh, yeah. It is the fastest selling, but I don't know. It has not surpassed Symphonia yet unless they yeah, gave new it, numbers this month already. Uh, 1.5 copies within seven weeks, but it is... Uh, it beat the Only launch. One point five copies. It beat the wow. launch. One point five mil. It beat <laughs> the launch month copies? dollar sales of any game in the Tales franchise. Yeah, so the, the first month it beat, but uh, two point three seven is Vesperia and two point four is Symphonia. Yeah, so. still got to catch up. A while ago. Paper Mario: The Origami King. Uh, I'm uh, going to I'm say, say yes. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oddly, Splash yeah. was no. The only one that had a chance maybe was the portable one. It's the fastest se- fastest seller in the franchise. Launch month dollar sales are more than doubled those of the previous best Paper Mario, breaking a thousand year doors record. Currently, Origami King is the second best selling entry in the series at three point one two million behind Super Paper Mario's four point two three. Ah, the Wii one. That was ah, the one. Yeah. Wow. Monster Hunter Stories two. Oh, in comparison to Stories one, yeah, it sold yes. In its launch month alone, it more than tripled the <laughs> lifetime sales. <laughs> this was an easy one. Monster Hunter Stories for three years. This was an easy one. But compared to Monster Hunter, not a chance. No, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, not, not a chance. Neo, the world ends with you. Yes. Wait. Fastest selling, yes. Oh yeah, that. But didn't one just? What, there was the. Yeah. How are they handling the re-release it's version? It's platform yeah. compared to right. it, DS. It's yeah. like a caveat. It's kind of muddy. It's like it did, it didn't. Yeah. Neo on the Switch plus the PS4 sold about the same amount as the first month as the, as the world ends of you, with you solely on Nintendo DS. But since the original was a DS game at a DS price point, Neo made twice the sales in dollars. Okay. So it's made more money. Yeah, but not so, so complicated. Neo huh. 2. Oh, Neo 2. 
was like, the oh. other one went to you Where was oh, I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, where was I? What happened? <laughs> what year is this? I was thinking the same thing. Oh, I... Okay. Yeah. Uh, Neo Two. Yes. Yeah. I bet it did. Yeah, yes. It sold more than one. Yes. No. Oh. It didn't. Oh. Neo Two took longer to reach the one million sales milestone than Neo One. On the whole, it sold two million compared to Neo Three's three million, or just Dang. Neo's three million. Sorry. Bravely Default Two. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say yes. It did not chart, man. Like Ooh. Bravely Default and Bravely Second. Uh, it uh, got toward the one million threshold, but in comparison, Octopath Traveler sold over two point five. So. Um, bummer, uh, but I didn't finish it, so I'm to blame. Crusader Kings three, yes, yes. best selling release in franchise history nice. yeah, with just say, one month of sales. Huge. Nice. Uh, and finally, Shin Megami Tensei three Nocturne. Uh, I, uh, the HD re-release or the original SMT three Nocturne? I think the HD. I think it was the. I think they specifically mentioned the HD. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, they didn't say HD in here, but I'd say if you're doing fastest, probably. Uh, yeah, I would say if you're doing fastest, just because of the availability of the platforms, it's not locked to a system like 4 or 3 originally was. Yeah, the portable one, I feel like, did it sell a lot? 4? Because... Uh, I don't uh, know. Was there one on DS at all? Uh, not mainline. Okay. So yeah, SMT4 was 3DS, SMT3 was PS2. I know they did like a re-release or something. I'm gonna, so, so, like, yeah, yeah I'm going to say with the multi-platform nature... I'd say yes, although that it was way overpriced, so it could be no. Uh, yes, broke over 500k. Nice. Uh, the original ended its first year on the market at 270k. Okay. So, yeah. ding. In conclusion, everything sells better today is largely true, but maybe quote everything sells faster at a higher price is more hugely true. Go forth and take advantage of those front-loaded sales and that switch price tag SMT5. Sheldon. SMT5 is real good. It is now time for love and respect. Love and respect. From Platinum Declan, do you ever feel like games go out of their way sometimes to pull you out of the immersion? Or that devs could make their games more immersive by changing some tiny things? I ask because I'm playing Far Cry 6, and I'm really trying to get immersed in this world, but my goodness, does the game go above and beyond in trying to ruin that immersion? Often I'll be walking along, gun holstered, and I'll just get shot at in a non-restricted zone like the whole country knows who Danny is and what she looks like. More, or what she, he looks like. More egregiously, I meant to be one of my many freedom fighters. I meant to be one of my many freedom fighters, according to the narrative. Yet, Danny is more skilled than most, and uh, and is at the front of things, but not according to the gameplay. I'm Danny, the ultra tank super spy marksman. I've never felt such ludo narrative dissonance. One tiny change that could have relieved this would have uh, been to have gorillas come in to help me fight once the enemy raises the alarm to at least give the illusion of Danny not being the one-person army. I don't know. Maybe this is just a pet peeve of mine, as I don't see many complaining about it. But does the panel have similar experience of this? And does it annoy the allies as much as it does me? Immersion breaking. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Ubisoft games are pretty bad at this. Like, playing Watch Dogs Legion or, like, Assassin's Creed well, really any of the recent Assassin's Creed's, and it's like, yeah, here's just this store where you can buy these super gaudy outfits if you want. Like, that kind of stuff, it feels, it makes it feel like a product and less of, like, a world with a, a rich, you know, history that you really want to get absorbed in. 
Um, but I'm sure there are other examples too. Yeah, mine's always in RPGs, probably more JRPGs when they're supposed to be like these big cities with like <laughs> millions of people went living in them. There's like ten NPCs <laughs> in an area. It's like yeah, <laughs> it's just like That's a like bunch the, of yeah. it's like twelve people and they're completely stationary. They don't move with a thought bubble above their head. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the older one's like one corridor. It's like supposed yeah. to be this big sprawling city. Here's a yeah. giant background and here's a corridor. Have fun. <laughs> but I can't help but get in the mindset. Of the Forza Horizon fan, you know, who's like going to Mexico, oh, getting up at seven in the morning, you know, and his friend Luke calls him, like, what's up, Luke? And just like, I say we go over to the street race scene, we just hang out in the crowd and scream for 10 hours straight. Like, sounds good, man. Because <laughs> some races will take me through like another like headquarters, you know, and I'll go driving right. through and they're all there screaming, like, there's no event right now, but like, they're all there and under hot lights. Just like, <laughs> later fans. Well, like. it's also a music festival, so supposedly sure. something is happening, but it all just seems to be canned music. I don't, you don't ever see like a performance. You see a lot of lights. You see lights. You, fi- see you fireworks. Don't see a, you don't really see like anyone out there on a stage. I think I thought of my biggest one. Mm. Call of Duty is very bad at this, and I feel like Battlefield campaigns are very bad at this. When like... You go one centimeter out of the way of where they want you to go, and they're like, "We're gonna kill you as you get back in this line." You're like, I, "What?" It, or like, like, it just it when it feels so restrictive, like you can't look around at all. It, yeah, that destroys it. That's um, a big one. Yeah, for me, it's like t- tutorial boxes when they pop up, especially when it's something obvious that you've like already figured out. When they're just like, "Press this to jump," it's like, "Yeah, I, I've been jumping. Like, why are you telling me that?" Uh, the one that kind of, which is weird because I haven't played the game, so maybe in the game it makes sense. But, it, you know, we, 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 we you know, that, uh, the Tunche game, mm-hmm. but them Tunch. adding the, uh, the Hat in Time character and mm. being really, like, aggressive about it and wanting to remind you every chance they get. And I'm like, this character doesn't look like they belong in this game at all. Like, why do you keep bringing it up? (laughs) Oh, dude, that reminds me of the greatest immersion-breaking thing of all time. Uh, Link's bloody Switch (laughs) t-shirt. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Get out. They could have at least ripped it up, made it seem like something you found, right? Oh, God. Some lost relic relic of another world. It haunts me to this day. That's so funny. No, one of my favorite things in the world is to bring up a point like this, an immersion-breaking thing, to someone who I know loves the franchise I'm also playing and have them look at me like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm just like, <laughs> the thing, it's not real. They're like, it's, it's a game, man. Um, but you never know when that stuff's going to bug you. From Brandon K. Gann, recently, buzz terms like NFTs and metaverse have been floating around, and I feel mm. like they've been passed to the point of being annoying, and to me, they appear to be the next fad that will come and go without any significant lasting impact. So much so, I think these concepts will outright fail or be quickly abandoned. Motion controls being a part of 7th gen consoles only to be adopted for VR, which hasn't made as big a splash as champions for the platform have hoped. Rhythm games with peripherals being an even shorter length of time before they're now gone the way of the dinosaur, despite Guitar Hero and Rock Band trying to make a comeback a few years ago. Stadia not clearly establishing what has been the mainstream and thus all but dropped by the ever finicky Google and even though some fads have become mainstays, DLC, which was spun off a mutation better known as microtransactions, I see the likes of NFTs and the metaverse to be the next thing in the long line of things trying to make an impact, but ultimately are a colossal waste of time. And these things, the next, are these things the next fad we'll have moved on from in a couple years' time? Or are they here to stay? And what other fads can you think of that have not? I stood sure the test hope of time? so. <laughs> I think the metaverse I... is still going to be around because it's, it's like here. 
The metaverse like, is, is a, they're trying it. Undefinable. Right. They're trying is, it. Yeah. The, meta, the metaverse is harder to comment on because, like, in an abstract sense, the digitalization of life will continue. Right. So, I, it, it like, in an abstract. That's a good set, shirt. Yeah. Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't think the concept will go away. I don't know how well Facebook will implement it or what its success will be. But NFTs are just a giant grift that I think everybody sees as a grift and is rightfully annoyed at. Well, and they're like, to my understanding, very bad for the environment. Like Bitcoin, crypto, crypto, NFT is basically pretty evil and like don't be involved in it. And but and the, the the thing is is you know I and like I know there are people out there that back NFTs and they're talking about the future but it's like but what is it what is it actually good for? It's like it's a technology that exists for the sake of who knows what making money. Yeah, right. yeah, that's the thing. It's like that's. It, I mean, it, people like the concept of ownership. You know, like yeah. they want to be able to say like, well, I really own that that meme or whatever, you know, and it's like, I have the non-fungible token to prove it. those people suck. Yeah. Or those people are only impressing other NFT owners. Right, exactly. It's like the the people that are in care and nobody else does. And and meanwhile, you know, because of the way it works, just like artists are having to like hide their art because it's just getting stolen to be, have an NFT applied to it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like the thing, it's like, I feel like the spirit of art and creation is supposed to be that eventually, yeah, sure, profit off of it for a certain time, but eventually it becomes part of culture, or if it's good enough, if it's deemed worthy enough, it becomes a culture or pop culture. And trying to further, I thought copyright was as far as like the bastardization of like that concept would go. And now NFTs come out. It's like, we want to claim memes and shit i'm like are you effing kidding me i was like <laughs> are you effing kidding me? i was like no it's not like that's just bad for the environment it's like i i think it's like very detrimental to creativity and to the, the the spirit of like how things should be propagated into culture so like i'm the environment stuff just further enhances like why i hate it and stuff but like on a concept level like it's trash like I, I think it just needs to like get it, like hopefully it goes away very soon and doesn't come back. Metaverse thing is like whatever, like same level you've been like I don't know what like cool like it'll probably happen someday and mm-hmm. like I, I just mean, want it's, it's I, Second I think, Life, it's PlayStation Home, it's, it's, it's like they already so many, there's yeah. things that exist. I think any individual, even a company as big as Facebook, trying to do it like I. I, I I think this is going to happen eventually through right. other means. The, like It's just like when people try and some, make something it. Er, this is it. It's right. happening. We're going to force it. You, you can't do that. Like, like Smash I, Brothers is kind of a metaverse. They just don't call it that. You know, They're just well, they're it, like, hey, we're just making deals and making a fun game you can play. Facebook is just trying to do what's what's going to happen in six or seven years. Regardless. I was just reading a book called 12 Bytes by Jeanette Winterson. I highly recommend it. It's really good. It's about AI and our futures and where we might be going. But like... Connectivity is only going to increase. Technology is growing exponentially, right? Like the first home pocket radio had six transistors in it. Your phone has like 10 billion. And like, you know, that's 50 years or whatever. And so like the Internet of Things, like connectivity, like it's going to happen. And they're just trying to be the first ones to commodify it so they can sell it. It's like Stadia. Just they're trying to do it, but too early. Like it's going to happen eventually. 
They just want to be the ones to brand it and monetize it. It's one of those things that's ridiculous until it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that we're, we're like three big breakthroughs away from, from having zoom be VR instead of zoom. Because like, like I think blood, you said this the other day, like it's cool, but nobody wants to put on an Oculus quest two and wear it all day for school or meetings. Like you don't want to do that. It sucks. But I think the important thing to note in addition to that is that breakthroughs are happening more and more quickly. Yes. Yeah. Exponential speed. Yeah. yeah. Growth. Yeah. I just, I, I have my doubts that anyone will create something that's encompassing enough for it to be like the place everybody wants to be. Oh, exactly. There's just so many options. Oh. People prefer to have options. The internet. Like yeah. what it is now, like you could say someone, you cite someone as being like the creator or whatever, but what the internet is now is like was not just one person. It's yeah. like so that's what will be like the metaverse. There'll be a contribution of so many things that mm. are that have happened, that have naturally transpired. And as you, and you're you nailed it, Ben. Like it's like it's absurd to think about now because like it just it's just, it seems so unimaginable. But like when it is, if we're not even alive for it when it happens, but whoever's alive, it's gonna be normal. Yeah. It's gonna be like commonplace and and, and accepted. It's just. That's why I think it's so weird for someone to try and jump in. I understand why they're doing it because they live in a country that, like, you, you they're their business. They want to make money. They want to capitalize on it. It's commercialism, so we got to do it. And someone they don't do it. Someone else is going to try it. But like, I'm just glad they're doing it now and they're going to fail. And it's like, all right, no one else is going to do this now until it naturally happens. But in a way, I feel like NFTs and the metaverse kind of go hand in hand because, like, hypothetically, if you think about the metaverse, like, if if we do eventually reach a point where we spend like we live digitally essentially like you have how does how does commerce and trade and ownership work in a purely digital world like that stuff is going to have to be ironed out i mean what's well, crazy is we effectively already do right like we're we're all on our computers all the time like we use our bodies less and less like right, it's just it's just a matter of the, even, the way we're visualizing it. I, it. To me, though, even saying we're on our computers all the time, it's like, no, most people are on their phones. Well, like, yeah, like, phone, computer, that's just, whatever. That's the yeah. thing that's weird you're, to me you're, you're about it is because something, yeah. people want to be connected, but they don't want to disconnect from reality. And so I, I think that's the struggle that VR has is like, hey, it's really cool to be in this space, but I can't tell what my dog is doing right now. I mean... You bring your dog with you into the metaverse. <laughs> and another thing about ownership, though, is like, this flies in the face of like when a, a digital space is supposed to be potentially not in, potentially infinite. Like, you're not beholden by resources like in, in reality. I don't need lumber to build a house or a right. brick and mortar. Just digitally create it. And it's like, oh, who owns it? Like, who cares? Make another. Like, just make another. Like, it is. I, I understand for certain things that might, like, right. for unique creations. Like, I was the one who created this thing, but how do you prove it in digital? That, I think, is justified. But I, I see this spiraling into, like, something that will be terribly bastardized and yes. like corrupted yes. and be used once again to place another system on people where it's like yes they're the have nots and the haves again and like that does in, in a digital space that like absolutely does not need to exist the, the, right. the, the thing about like defeating scarcity it's like it doesn't exist there like this shouldn't even be an issue but exactly 100 percent like it should be this utopian thing where certain limitations or just like systems of division should not be in place. But the people that have the power to make this a reality are the ones that are going to be dividing up the pie. Like before you even step foot in it, like 
you are going to be subjected to whatever systems they put in place. Like, you're not going to, yeah. I hope they have, like, gamer score shit. Those type of people. <laughs> like, I've got, like, yeah, currency. it's like your currency. It's like, dude, I'm max. What, what's your score? <laughs> it's like. <laughs> well, I mean, China is already doing that with no. the social, basically. Yep credit score yeah, and like they're doing that in reality like, yeah they're doing that in reality it's like nosedive from black mirror but real that's why like speed runs and world firsts and mmos it's like you can't it's done history's made you know you there's no you can't you can't go back on that well yeah you know yeah. but world's, world's first though you know True. first person finish the dungeon True. you were the first from keaton shin megami tensei 5 comes out this week and as a fan of the series i wonder why they stuck with calling it Shin Megami Tensei in the West. Anytime someone asks me what games I'm looking forward to, I say the words Shin Megami Tensei, and I'm usually met with confused looks and reactions ranging from what did you say to how do you spell that? It's a very superficial thing, I know. There are many other reasons why the series could not have taken off, but part of me wonders just how much more success could these games have with a different name? How much impact do you think localizing game titles actually has on sales? Are there any other games or series you think would have had very different sales numbers if their titles weren't localized? Uh... Let me tell you, as somebody who is very deep into Shin Megami Tensei V, that fits... The whole identity of the game is that it is not approachable. Like, this is, <laughs> this, is, this is a game that is very aggressively not trying to appeal to everyone, and I think that is because it has an audience, right, that appreciates... What it's doing, not only from a gameplay perspective, but, like, the identity that it has is just so incredibly Japanese. Like, you dig into the mythology of all the demons mm-hmm. and the whole, like, like infrastructure that they have. I mean, it, it relies heavily on Japanese mythology, mythology and, it, and it wears that very, very, very proudly. And so I think to um, westernize that, uh, you really change the the essence of what the series and, and the game is about in a way that I think would probably just piss off the core audience. Yeah. I was just going to agree with you because even though I've technically not played through any of the mainline SMT games, I did, a, was it the Raido Kuza, uh, the spinoff ones mm-hmm. that were set like in the past, like the early like 20th century? Like the first one I played for that uh, on PS2 yeah, it was like very hard to approach that type of game, right? Because it was like, this is not, we're not going to pander to a Western audience. We're not even going to make it easy for you to get into this. Right. You need to adjust to what our vernacular. You need to adjust to our terminology, and basically just get acclimated to Japanese culture. Like, tr- make an effort to 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 like this, and it was, you know, a bit of a barrier at yeah. first. And I can see why people are hesitant. So yeah, I I, I like. But it was so unique feeling, and like right. I don't know how you would make that more accessible. Like I just don't know how you like do that other than like you change what. Like I understand what you're saying, like on personal level, because you change the identity of that game. It wouldn't even be the same game anymore. Yeah, but here's here's like the huge shift that Atlas has undergone. Uh, I would say from the PS2 days to now is they can kind of have their cake and eat it too, whereas. Persona has become so accessible and so mainstream that they've been able to spin that off into a billion different things. It's like, here's the Persona fighting game. Here's the anime. Here's the dancing game. Here's the Musou game, right? Where they can kind of have that thing that does reach a wider audience and can be 
um, done for all of these things. And so when they have more of those core audiences for something like mainline SMT uh, or you know another spinoff that they have, they can they they don't have to make those compromises. In terms of naming conventions, though, because like Persona is just like such a catchy, easy to remember name. Right. Do you think maybe which it used to be? Shin Megami Tensei Persona, yeah. and right. now yeah, it's they, just they Persona. Yeah. So even with Shin Megami Tensei, don't fans abbreviate? Is it what Mega Ten or is there? Well, before Shin Megami Tensei, okay. there was Megami Tensei. Okay, yeah. I don't know if there's like a shorthand version they could use that would be like one word that might like make it more recognizable somehow. Mm. I don't know because like I think Shin Megami, Ten- Shin Megami Tensei is fine and it's pretty unique. I yeah. mean and, and it's not hard to say SMT. There aren't like a lot of things out there right. SMT, but m- maybe it would help a little bit if they came up with like a w- one word name or something. I, I don't know like right. if that would really help or not. I I think the I think it's an interesting thing to think about, but I would also argue that what has happened in recent years, right? When I think about my experience with anime growing up, right, talking to other people who are interested in anime, unless you're talking to, like, you know, the absolute, like, most hardcore of hardcore, like, people wouldn't say the Japanese name for an anime. It would just be whatever the westernized name was. Um, But, you know, now when you talk to people about anime, I feel like... There's a 50-50 chance they'll say the Japanese name or the uh, Western name. And that is because just awareness of just Japanese culture, I think, has been dispersed a lot more effectively. And I think people have access to more information. And so I, I don't think these things that, that seem inaccessible on the surface are as inaccessible as they used to be. I think there are... Plenty of resources. Like, if you want to get into SMT, you want to understand what it is, a couple of YouTube videos later, and you're like, okay, I got it. You know, it's, I, I don't think it is uh, this gigantic barrier. Still interesting, though. Judge Eyes versus Judgment, you know, Biohazard and Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Like, they still have that split. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it comes down to, is, you know, something as simple as, like, does this sound weird or does this yeah. sound silly? You know, like, what does Megami Tensei translate to? Do you have any idea off the top no, of your head? No, I've, <laughs> I've looked it up multiple times, but I yeah. cannot think of it. Like, no, Shin is new, basically. Yeah, It's like... New goddess, goddess reincarnated. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, New goddess reincarnated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Isla with the Japanese save again. I'm fluent in every language when I'm sitting when the camera's at a computer. Off. <laughs> when you're in the metaverse. Yeah, when I'm strapped in. Honestly, like, being a fan of Shin Megami Tensei, and I talk about this on Frame Trap, like, even I'm amazed at the route SMT5 is going down. Like, it is... It is so hardcore in a way that it's just, like, delicious and, like, any... So many other lesser, shittier companies would have diluted that game and made it, you know, I, I, I think, quote unquote, more extensible to the, the detriment of quality. It's time for bets. Next week's bet, Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1 launches on Tuesday, November 16th. Two days later, we'll be recording this podcast. On that Thursday, I'm going to look at the last 10 reviews for that game on Open Critic. How many times will I see the word clue? Michael Damiani. 10. 10. Okay. One each. Okay. Ben. 
Four. Four. Oh. Isla. Three. Three. Going into Two. Nine. Damn it. Okay. Well, 21. I went big. Woo! Yeah. I don't know. I always count on that one person, that, that, that one, one bad writer. Person. That one bad writer. I'm I mean, looking they at have the like, totally stomped us sometimes just before you get to the third review. I mean, there's there. It's possible there could be a mechanic like called like the clue system or whatever. Yeah. Right. So. You never know. This week's bet today, Daniel Bloodworth raced online in Forza Horizon Five and won. He was supposed to lose. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed. To it was lose. in the text of the bet. I told him this when he started racing. Look at the smile on his face right now, <laughs> listeners. If you cannot see this podcast, blood doesn't lose. It's like blood Tommy Lee Jones, the fugitive. Blood won that, so I guess second place would be the person that we were looking for. I want to know what, how many characters would be in the gamer tag of that race's winner. Second place is the best we're going to do. It was an online race. We did not know who this, this profile would be. Michael Damiani bet 12 characters. Isla Hink bet 9. Bloodworth bet 11. I bet 10. 12 was the most. It was 8 characters. What was it? Nako Wako or something? I don't know. It was 8. There's two I names. Nano, 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 Baco. The I don't question know. was whether the space counts because that's that yeah. Well, if arguably it's, a character. If there's no count. space, it's eight. If there is a space, it's yeah. nine. Both Woo. of those give Isla Hink the win, bringing our scores to Jovial Penguins twenty-eight. Vociferous Beavers twenty-one. That's got to be a loss. We got like what six podcasts left. Yeah, you'll have to count it up, see if it's time for. I think it might have to be Order Wars Wars next week. Gulp. Let me tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies. Patreon.com slash easy allies is the bleeding, beating heart of easy allies. It is the core. Yes, yes, yes. We have viewership all over the place. Yes, yes. We make money through ads and stuff like that. You may or may not have heard the ads during this podcast, but patreon.com slash easy allies is primarily where we are funded. It's where a lot of our people go to check out on the stuff that we are doing every single day. If you just listen to this podcast, you can get it early and you can also check out all of the stuff after we have done it, before we're doing it, when we were planning it, a lot of Q&A portions to our shows, lots of ways you can engage with our community and us, the easy allies on Patreon and support us financially. And we would greatly appreciate that. These people supported us at the highest tier available, our shout-out tier. And we're going to shout them out right now. Shout-out to L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb, Togi Crawford, and Nick. Shout-out. 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 Isla, you get to promote any Easy Allies video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped into your head. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign-off. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, video to promote. Well, I usually promote Mysterious Moss. Oh, no, I'll do uh, the community showcase. I was just on yeah. that. And our community is so talented, and they submit so many amazing things. And I just it's always such a joy to be on that. So check that out. It's on Easy Allies Plays, I think. No, it's nope, on the main channel. Oh, it's on the main, main, okay, channel, main yeah. channel, main channel, main channel, main channel, main channel. Uh, don't don't think I disagree. NFTs are bad for the environment, y'all. Don't do it. Don't do Bitcoin. Don't do crypto. It's dumb and it burns down trees. It's bad because of power usage. Whatever. Okay. Good night and good game.
New goddess reincarnated. Digitalization of life will continue. We've got a hat sandwich over here. Your first soldier, man. <laughs> All right, but you're not winning this. Got to ease. Well, got to ease. Got to ease down. Get ease down. Okay. Okay. Three dots on our list. Online does not fly by, that is for sure. No, it takes forever. Once you're in it, it's not that bad going from event to event, but yeah, getting in the first event. I've had some really long waits between events. I didn't change any assists either. I'm definitely not going to be winning this event. <laughs> it's the best feeling just getting the edge of a checkpoint. Just yeah, <laughs> just, a, just a little tap. It's like brown persuasion is going to be the one taking it. Maybe. Yeah, so this is kind of the trick. You kind of like max out the stats to stay in the class. Although Brown Persuasion does not look like he's going to mess up. He's following the line very cleanly. Him on the turns, I like it. <laughs> Is he breaking too hard? Or not hard enough. You're losing this race, but. There's still another lap, right? No, it's just no you are <laughs> rapidly approaching the finish line. Don't choke blood! <laughs> it's the nature of the bet. Well, you said you could take second if this if I won. I don't even care about the bet, I just want blood to win. <laughs> He's got it. Oh, but somebody else is coming in second now. That little stutter at the end. Yeah, I've seen that a few times. We'll get a leaderboard. 
What if instead of shooting on podcast, we just played Forza? <laughs> Rowan Coco. Does the space count? That's going to be a question. No, it's not a character. Okay. Yeah. There's an underscore. That's a character. All right. You're bending the rules because you were supposed to lose, but this man <laughs> cannot lose.